Welcome to Chinuch 2.0, a show about the massive changes coronavirus has brought to the way we do Chinuch, some of which may never be the same again. this show, we interview Rabbi Glass, who runs the Consortium of Jewish Day Schools, which is an organization that largely operates under the radar, but is doing tremendous things for Jewish schools all over. Rabbi Glass is a veteran mechanach with over 30 years of experience of teaching and running schools and being a principal, and now he runs an organization that is making positive changes to the way our children are being taught, even before coronavirus hit. Some of the things we speak about are the importance of having a standard curriculum that teachers, rabbeim, could know exactly what's supposed to be covered in a particular grade and what the students are supposed to know by the end of the grade, what knowledge should they have. The children should be brought up to the level that a child of their age is supposed to be at. Another thing we speak about is the importance of training our teachers and rabbeim to make sure that they're qualified and have the knowledge and the resources to be able to teach properly. A very interesting thing that we spoke about was the subject of a Zoom conference that he had with over 50 principals this past week, where they discussed what's going to be this summer. If day camps or camps can't operate, is it the yeshiva's responsibility to make sure the children have what to do during the summer and how they should go about doing it. We also spoke about the importance of having a parents' committee. Many principals feel that they're working in the dark and don't know necessarily what's going on at home because they're not seeing the children and they're not hearing directly from the parents. That's why we spoke about the importance of setting up a committee that the principals could speak over with a committee of parents before they send anything home or make any decisions. So by now, the lines have been drawn between the schools that are using Zoom and those that are not. We spoke a lot about that topic, and I don't want to revisit it again. Just wanted to say one thing. I've heard from many parents who are complaining that their children are not learning for enough time. The limited time that's afforded by phone conferences is just not cutting it for their children. So I want to share with you an interesting conversation I had this week with a Yiddish-speaking parent who reached out to me. His children are learning in a cheder that only gives 45 minutes of phone conference, and now that he had a chance to listen in on his son's rabbi, he really wasn't happy with the way his son was being taught. Being frustrated, he reached out to a group of friends who are in the same situation as he is, and they decided to open their own Zoom Yiddish Yeshiva. They purchased kosher tablets from the company that we had on a previous episode, and they found a willing Rebbe who was going to teach a group of Hasidish children in Yiddish where they could learn for longer periods of time and in a much better way. 
I think parents should be paying close attention to what their children are learning. This is not just an isolated case. There are a lot of opportunities for children who want to learn more, even outside the standard curriculum given by their yeshiva. My son attends a voluntary class given by Rabbi Ross of Yeshiva of South Shore, who has hundreds of boys joining every single day. And I'm sure there are many other shiurim like that. Now, especially, somebody who wants to volunteer his time for Klai Yisrael and to be mechanech Jewish children, it's, it's a great time to start your own Zoom yeshiva and offer the chance for children to learn more. If you feel that your son or daughter should be learning more, look around. There are many opportunities for them to take advantage of. Now let's go to our interview with Rabbi Glass. We have on the line Rabbi Heshi Glass, who is the National Director of the Consortium of Jewish Day Schools. Welcome, Rabbi Glass. Thank you. Good morning. Thank you for uh, the time this morning. So let's go right into it. Uh, with corona, coronavirus, uh, all the schools are teaching the kids at home. And when I was speaking to you the other day, you mentioned that yeshivas and Beis Yaakovs were much less prepared than other out-of-town day schools or, or just in general, the day schools around the country. In what way do you feel they were less prepared and how were the day schools more ready, sort of, so to speak, for this kind of situation? Well, you know, obviously, every yeshiva, every maizid has to uh, take care of the talmidim as they see fit. Uh, it was about two or three years ago that the consortium was uh, asked by a school from out of town uh, in Kansas City, actually, um, Hyman Brand Day School, that um, a teacher had left right after Sukkot. And they were stuck without a teacher for the primary grades. A Rebbe and a Mora both left for some reason. And uh, they asked, is there any way that we could help provide them with some staff? Because we try and help the schools with uh, personnel. And uh, it's not an easy time after Sukkot to find uh, someone to move out to Kansas City. So we, we, uh, we came up with this idea that we were going to offer uh, distance learning to the school. And we had a, uh, a, a Mora from a school in uh, Bergen County, one of the large day schools. And she would uh, teach uh, in the afternoon. She was teaching Chumash to a class in Kansas City. And it was an experiment in distance learning. She was using Zoom. And um, it worked so well, actually, that the school invited her out for a Rosh Chodesh assembly. They wanted to meet the Mora face to face. And it really made an unbelievable impact um, on these kids. Uh, this past year, we replicated it and expanded it to a, uh, a day school uh, in Denver, and now as well uh, in Phoenix. So what we started out was by not having enough rabbeim and motors that want to go to some out-of-town communities, uh, and we tried to fill the need. Now we have the other way around. We have rabbis and motors but they can't meet the Talmidim in the classrooms. So a school needs a plan of, even if it's on a snow day, how do I keep the Talmidim learning? How do I keep it going? So when this whole uh, virus hit, uh, many of the day school, this is true, did have uh, distance learning already in their 
uh, toolkit. Uh, the more traditional uh, maestas, uh, they didn't have to deal with this. They were, uh, you know, the rebbies would come to school every day, and it was always, uh, they always had the staff. But now that we're into this for about two months already, um, it's flipped. And uh, I think today, at least in the neighborhood that I live in, the five towns, Farakoi, uh, every school uh, is using uh, technology. Uh, just some, it took a little bit longer to get it up and running because they didn't have the experience. But uh, we offered as, a, as an organization, we offered all the schools early on. It was a week after Purim when we saw this happening. Uh, we engaged an educational technology specialist from one of the local schools here, a Rebbe as well. And we did a, uh, a training session for all the schools, gratis, on how to get Zoom started. And um, he's been very busy ever since. Uh, now they're expanding the program to have advanced Zoom for Rebbe's or Mowers that want to get a little bit deeper into it. So really, it's just being prepared because you never really know what's going to happen. So um, I'm sure the, uh, the Hadarim and the Beis Yaakovs are now up and running for it. So is this a model that you see doing on a regular basis for the day schools that are having trouble finding teachers or even in a case where they have enough teachers, but maybe not for all the subjects that are needed and it's hard to find teachers uh, in, in some locations? Uh, so, so going forward, I think um, we've demystified the whole idea of technology. Having a Rebbe or a Mora in front of a class is obviously the best L'Chadchila that you can have, the relationship building and, and watching the students and then having the interaction with the Rebbe. Um, but going forward, um, I think many schools, particularly schools that want to, uh, uh, that do have problems finding teachers for all the classes or that do, you know, or Rebbe's or Mora's, uh, we'll be doing more of this. Uh, we just engaged uh, three different sections of kids in uh, in Arizona that they couldn't find teachers. And um, we have people teaching them uh, on a regular basis now. One of the parents called me last week and said, would you continue this into the summertime? It's going so well. Um, because many out-of-town places, it's just hard to find enough personnel that want to uh, relocate and be there. I think even in the larger communities where you have the personnel, uh, there probably are many, many lessons we could learn, whether it's a flipped classroom, you know, a Rebbe or a mower the night before could send something home and uh, the kids have the experience to hear the psukim, to hear the piece of Gemara the first time, uh, to sink their teeth into it a little bit, that when they come to shear the next day, they're already in it. Um, we have to experiment a little bit to see which things are working. Your other concept about sharing resources, um, I had a Zoom conference on Tuesday. I was sharing with you earlier with uh, many senior principals in North America. And the question of the summer came up. What's our responsibility as Manalim with these children over the summer, assuming the camps might not be able to open, the day camps or the sleepaway camps? And there was a broad consensus that we should engage expert rabbeim or expert moros and um, let them be available to everybody. 
it doesn't have to be that one Rebbe in Philadelphia is only teaching, you know, the 10 kids in his class over the summer. Maybe that Rebbe could be expanded and could be used um, to do a Mishnayis program for kids anywhere in America. Capitalize on the kochos, on the strength of a great Rebbe or a great motor, and use them in many capacities. The consortium, since this whole thing kicked in a few months ago, we send out twice a week lessons for teachers. We have expert teachers. Uh, yesterday, lessons went out in Parshas Hashavua, Lagba Omer, Pesach Sheni, and, and uh, uh, these teachers are giving it over to everybody. Uh, there's no reason why we can't use the resources that we have and make it available to as many possible people. In general studies, it's being done now already, whether it's the Khan Academy or others, where they have expert teachers. Uh, if a high school needs an advanced calculus uh, program and they can't find that one teacher, so it's available online. And it's a fraction of the course of what it would be to have a teacher teach advanced calculus for six or seven kids in a classroom, if you could find that person. So there's something that we could do collectively uh, to use best practices and make it available to as many people as possible. So uh, you, yeah, so you, you're, you're in touch with a lot, not just day schools, you're in touch with a lot of uh, yeshivas in larger communities, yeshivas and bisyakovs. The question is, is this whole, this whole situation where we're doing distance learning and we're introducing a technology into the class, into the, into the yeshiva, is this something that mm-hmm. you see that will, yeshivas will be more comfortable with and down the line? And let's say, in, like you said, for the general studies program, sometimes it's hard for yeshivas to get good teachers. Do you see such a, a, a system eventually making its way into the mainstream yeshiva system also? Well, I guess, you know, it's possible. Uh, one of the people on the Zoom conference is a, is a Menahel of a Cheder. And Bashita, they're not doing anything with Zoom, even the kosher Zoom. So I said, so, so how are you taking care of the kids? And, and, and this Menahel felt very strong that the relationship building is the Ikaro network right now. So he has every Rebbe in his Maisa do, and he's been doing it for the last five weeks. Every Rebbe gives a 45-minute uh, class on the phone, but then calls every Talmud and spends 10 minutes privately. If there's 17 kids in the class or 20 kids in the class, that's 170 minutes or 200 minutes. That's what the Rebbe's doing. He's building up the relationship. That's a sheet of that one particular school. And I'm sure there are communities that, uh, you know, um, yeah. All I know is that uh, places like uh, Old Daf or, or um, uh, other efforts, they make master shiurim available to Klal Yisrael. So someone can hear a Daf from this Rebbe, this Rosh Hashiva. Someone can hear it from another person. And, and um, they're disseminating it around the world. I think it's okay that we take some experts that we have in the world of Chinook and use their uh, ability to give something over and make it available to more people. So, Marshall, if a Rebbe, if two Rebbe's are saying, you know, we're going to start a certain, a certain sugya, I'm going to prepare 
something for, the, for all the Talmudim that are learning the same sugya. Let's make it available. And then each rabbi can customize it the next day in the class. But the kids can get the background. They can understand where the sugya is going from a master rabbi. And part of what we have to do in Chinuch is build up the rabbis and the moris to become master teachers. Not just for their own Talmudim, but for everybody. That involves a lot of training. That involves a lot of assessment. That involves a lot of um, uh, showing people that where they can go, where they, what they can become uh, uh, in the world of Chinook. So the short answer is, I think yes. I think yes. I think, I think there's going to be more uh, investment uh, within kosher uh, uh, phones or uh, you know, kosher computers that will allow us to expand the reach of uh, a Rebbe or of a Mora. Okay, let's, let's talk now about what the consortium has, what's the curriculum, the, the standardized curriculum and different subjects that are made available to the schools. And now I understand it's available to, to, to the larger public. Um, what, what is it and how does it help uh, teach Tyra, teach the, the, the subjects to the children? Right, so my background, I was a principal for 34 years. and. Um, I ran some pretty big schools, both in New York, California, Florida. And uh, I always felt my job was to try and hire the best possible Rebbe's or Morris. And Baruch Hashem, um, most of them are still in these various uh, Meisters. But to actually monitor a child from grade one to grade eight and figure out in a systematic way which skills they've acquired on each grade level and how we are progressing in the skills from first grade to second to third and all the way up um, was just not available. And the truth is, when a principal gives out a diploma to a boy or a girl in eighth grade, what are we signing on that diploma? We should be signing that we're saying this child attended my school for eight years, Baruch Hashem. And over those eight years, I'm comfortable knowing this is what they've acquired. So it, it bothered me that how do we know? Where's the skills? And how do we know? And where's the assessment to show that I'm doing my job as a principal? So a number of years ago, uh, when the consortium was founded, one of the major tracks that the uh, organization runs on is the development of a standardized Chumash curriculum. It's called Lahavinu Lahaskil. Um, it was developed by um, uh, Mrs. Nussbaum, who was working at the organization. It starts in the very primary grade, and it's a step-by-step sequential program uh, going through all the safer braces reinforcing certain skills, providing the materials for the teachers, and assessing twice a year which skills the kids have mastered and which skills we still have to get to. Hayom, the curriculum is in over 200 schools in North America. Uh, We just developed a Spanish version for schools in South America. Uh, We have some schools in London. Uh, Australia, and um, part of it is we do an extensive amount of training of teachers, 
Uh, we network the teachers together with other schools, and uh, it's expanding. So we, we were only in Boratius till a few years ago. Now we're going through Sefer Shemos, and we're uh, added uh, Navi Yoshua, and we're just finishing uh, Shmuel Aleph uh, as well. Um, you need some sort of standard, at least a baseline standard, of what skills you want the kids to know uh, in Chumash. And then progress as they go through. You should have an assessment tool that helps you from grade to grade. Did they master this? Uh, and then you go back there. And then you come back and you review it again and you keep going. We found that uh, in schools where the children have gone through the program for three years, it's much easier for them to master a new Pasukah Chumash on their own. And uh, we hope to continue to go to as many schools uh, that want. Uh, and again, the skills are basic skills. Um, and if it's for every school, probably not. But the basic skills should be for every school. And I would say that even in a school that uh, goes beyond the basic skills, there should be a way of assessing uh, how well are we doing with the individual students. Because we all know that, unfortunately, many students go through our schools, and if they don't feel a sense of accomplishment in the learning, if they don't feel that this is something that they could do, then we lose them. And there's no reason why, if in the general studies we have a, an assessment every year, you have an achievement test, why couldn't we do the same thing for the Lubudu Kodesh? So we did it. And... Um, now it's pretty much accepted. In, uh, it's over 200 schools. Uh, a few years ago, we were challenged as well. Can you come up with something for the older grades? And uh, the organization developed something called the JSAT, Jewish Standard Achievement Test. It was the collective wisdom. We uh, took 50 principals in North America and asked them, what do you think a fifth grader should know? And it came up with certain standards, formulated a, a, a test, and we gave it out last year to about 6,000 kids in fifth grade. And you come back with an enormous amount of data for the principal. These are the areas where the kids in your school, based on the standards that you thought they would know, this is where they are. You might want to fix one or two things. You might want to adjust one or two things. The classic example I give is um, uh, a very prominent school gave the exam, and there's different sections on it. There's a Chumash section, there's a Halacha section, there's uh, 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 a few sections. So in the Chumash section, the kids in fifth grade, they did very well. In Halacha, it was spotty. The principal came in to talk to us, and he was concerned because this is a this is a good school. You know, the kids should know halacha. And when we analyzed it, I went through a lot of the variables in the school. The Chumash, they have a curriculum. They were using Lahav and Lahaskil. It was very, very sequential. You could show in fifth grade, the kids mastered certain skills. In halacha, there was no curriculum. It was every Rebbe each year doing what they felt they wanted the kids to know. That doesn't help in the end. It needs a sequential program, um, what I call a CIA. You need a curriculum, 
you need a uh, instructional model, how to teach it. And then you need an assessment to know if you've uh, reached your curriculum. So we keep going to more and more and more schools and giving over the programs. And um, Baruch Hashem, uh, this past year we gave the same JSET. We brought it up to a higher level for the eighth grade. Uh, we gave it out to about 3,000 eighth graders, primarily in New York and New Jersey, but if you out of town. And we had a number of meetings with principals afterwards to look over the data. And uh, hopefully, as more and more schools adapt the JSET, it will help principals um, see where are the gaps in the system. Again, it's only if that principal wants this uh, standard in their school. If for some reason they don't want the standard, then you don't have to teach it. But we're just helping you. We're showing you the collective wisdom of what 50 principals thought a fifth grader should know. And then a year later, uh, when we assess them again, what an eighth grader should know. If for some reason you feel your kids don't need that particular skill, that's fine. If you feel that it's important, then we're telling you this is something that you should focus on. Um, okay, so how, how have teachers taken to this uh, the curriculum? Teachers usually have a very personal way of teaching, and you, you would think that they, they would be a little uh, opposed to having so, somebody, somebody so t- telling them what to teach. Tuesday, Tuesday, I sat through a Zoom meeting. I didn't say a word. Uh, Mrs. Shu. Uh, who does our teacher training for the Lahavan Law School today. She did a Zoom meeting with about 15 teachers in Mexico City. One of the larger schools in Mexico City would like to adapt the Lahavan Law School curriculum. We sent down all the materials, had a conference call with the principal, and um, the next step was to talk to the teachers. After about a half hour on the Zoom conference, and it was all done in a writ because our Spanish wasn't as good as their English. So we, we compromised on a, a, an Everett um, a Zoom program. Um, the teachers all felt, and it was, the, all the, it was all the motives from this particular school, this is the best thing that they ever presented to us because it's clear for me as the third grade Mora what my second graders are supposed to know coming into my class. I don't have to guess anymore. I see the results. And the same thing going up to the fourth grade. Everybody knows exactly what skills were covered. Now, they could teach the way they want to teach. But their responsibility is to make sure that the skills they are expected on a grade level are incorporated into the lessons. And, and right, so the what does it mean curriculum? What, what is the, what, the curriculum is just, it's a, it's a level of knowledge that the children are supposed to have? It's a, it's a, if I give you a, a word, and can you look at the word, and understand that if there's an Aleph in front of the word, it does something to it. There's a Shoresh in the word. And then if there's a Nun at the end of the word, it does something to it also. You take apart the word and you have a prefix, a root, and you have a suffix. And you have something is Rabin, something is Yochid, something is Nekeva, Something is Zacha. There are basic skills as you can keep the kids going. If you reinforce them, then they know how to learn. It just it translates it for, for themselves in their own brain. But you need the program of you need the workbooks to understand 
how to introduce the skills and how to reinforce it. And there's extensive programming in there for almost every POSIC and Sefer Bereshis, how it, it, with a teacher guide, how a teacher can give over a particular skill in this POSIC. Again, if a teacher wants to do more, that's fine. But there should be the constant skill review going from grade level to grade level. The teachers thought it was brilliant. Some of the larger schools in this neighborhood, and uh, I live in the Five Town, in California, in Seattle, in Miami, in Dallas, they're all using this now because it actually unites the faculty. The teachers have a common language of what they're expecting of the kids. That's very powerful. When they talk at a faculty meeting, they could talk about a particular skill that they're trying to give over and a third grade teacher can talk to a second grade teacher, how are you doing it? And this is how I do it. As opposed to, I'm in my own class, I don't know what the kids know before me, I don't know what they know after me, uh, I've been teaching here for 25 years, I know what I'm doing. The, the truth is the Rebbe or the Mora knows what they're doing, but they still have to give the kids over to someone else the following year. And it's not just giving the kids over, you have to give them over with a basic core uh, skills so that they can continue in those skills. Lahavdo, in the general studies, we wouldn't allow a third grade teacher to say, I don't like division. I only do multiplication. I'm a positive kind of guy. I don't do any subtraction. We only do addition. It wouldn't happen. You, you can't build math like that. Well, you can't build a Chumash like that either. Each Rebbe and Mora has to have their own flavor, but it has to be built on a basic foundation of where the kids were coming from with the skills. And where Maya Chayas as that teacher this year is to take them next year and continue those skills. It's called quality education. And I look back on my own career as a Menahel, I wish, I wish, I wish. 30 years ago, somebody would have given it to me. I would have what to talk to the Rebbe's about as we're sitting at a faculty meeting, as opposed to, you know, how many days should we give up before Pesach? Or how do we deal with other situations? Talk and learning, how are we giving over the skills and Parshas Vayuchi? What's the Ikra that we're trying to get out of it? That's what the curriculum does for teachers. And it actually helps them because they have a framework now. And what we found is that for new teachers, it's invaluable because they could see a program of study in front of them. They don't have to make it up as they're going along. And we connect new teachers with veteran teachers. We have a trainer who does this for us in California. We have a trainer in Denver. We have a trainer in Florida. We have a few in New Jersey, in New York, that go from school to school helping the teachers. And it's opened up the world of Chinuch. But um, it's okay to be part of something. We're all trying to get the skills together um, uh, uh, in Chomash. We also found tangentially that for children that have some sort of uh, learning disability, because this is very, very sequential, step by step, it's been a tremendous, tremendous tool. Uh, special ed schools in New Jersey, the Sinai schools, they use it use it in other schools, um, it's been very, very helpful. So I think the teachers adjust. Um, 
It also makes the job of the principal a lot easier because most principals that I know, and I know a lot, are not curriculum specialists. I wasn't. But we brought into the organization people that really know curriculum and they helped develop this program. And then it was developed then class by class, every school, it was analyzed, it was assessed. What could we do better? What could we do better? What could we do better? And we're still refining it. Uh, going into this pandemic, right? So the the uh, the program is in over 200 schools. What kind it of schools? Uh, which which type of schools? Regular mainstream yeshivas and besiakos also? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Besiakov Barra Park uses it. What should I tell you? Uh, yeah. So, uh, Okay, many, many, many schools. There's a, there's a list on our website. You can see all the, all, the, all the names of the schools. But when we're coming into this pandemic, so um, a lot of the kids couldn't take their books home. It was a problem because they just left school. And, you know, it was uh, people were left hanging and, and the teachers are, are trying to teach. So we were asked, could we make a special version right now that the teacher could use as a, as a digital version um, of the workbook to make it available on his or her screen? So I brought in some people who work at the organization. And this is during, you know, this is like a week or two before Pesach when things are really uh, busy over here. And they took the workbooks and they made a special digital version for now. And uh, as of um, last week, 250 classrooms, 250 classrooms are utilizing some capacity of the digital version. Even if the kids have the workbook at home, the Rebbe or the Mora feels that they can call something up on their screen that the kids are watching. And it's the same thing that they have in their workbook is just very helpful as far as Tinoch is concerned. And this is like many, many, many schools. Uh, we get requests every day for uh, a program. Uh, we get requests from a lot of people around the country. They saw the uh, they saw the Chumash video, the the, um, the video we sent out yesterday, Parsha Shavua on the Bahar. Can I use it at home? Of course. So we send it out to uh, an enormous amount of people. Um, that's all. It's also, by the way, that's the Kayach of technology. We can make something available to everybody instantly. And uh, we do it every day. I have full-time people that are just sending out resources uh, all around the country. Baruch Hashem. Mm-hmm. So um, that's that was our curriculum piece, and we hope to expand it. We're, uh, okay. um, are, there, are there any other forms of modernizing education that are out there in the in the general world? that you feel could be incorporated into our Chinuch system? Well, the Chinuch system, you know, it, it, it's, a, it's a great system. We have Baruch Hashem, loyal parents and, and uh, uh, committed faculty. What, what the system needs is, is more training. Um, I know a lot of public school teachers who... Um, it's not a debate, you know, what should they teach? It, it's, it's programmed by their 
the, given the program of study by the school, this is what you must teach. And then we train you to help take your ability and teach it the best way. But this is what you teach. Uh, I was I was on with a uh, Menahel earlier this week, and um, it was more of a a Cheda type uh, school uh, out of town. And um, this year, this school took the whole Chumash curriculum. And I was on the phone with him. I said, how's it going? He says, it's great because I'm able to get, this is your program of study. He says, my job now as the Menahel is to train the teachers to help them be the best teacher they can with this program. Well, what we can learn from the general studies world is that teachers should be um, given the resources for training. They should be given the tools. Uh, we might not offer enough for Rabbi and Memoras on an ongoing le- uh, 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 level. Um, I used to joke early on, you know, if somebody wants to be a, a plumber, they have to have an apprenticeship someplace. Surely a doctor. In Chinuch, a lot of people came in with the best of intentions with very little training. And we put them in front of a classroom the first year and we say, teach, teach Bamidbar. And the Rebbe is trying as best as he can, but, but no one trained me. That's not the right way to do it. There should be more mentoring. There should be coaching, more observation, more understanding of how we can take this Rebbe and make him into the best, make him into someone who a few years from now could be training other Rebbe. That's what they would do in the public school system from the uh, general, general world. Mm-hmm. Always finding more opportunities to advance myself so that I can be a better myself and also give it over to others. We have a bracha in the organization. You know, we have trainers now. They were expert people in their classroom, and now they're training other rabbeim and moras how to train other people. Because too much burnout, too much uh, not sure of what my goal should be. Uh, we could fix this. Mm-hmm. It should be clear what the expectation is. We should have more training before they become to the classroom. Observation. And then even when the new teacher is in the classroom, it doesn't have to be by the principal. It could be by other rabbeim or mowers in the school. Can I observe your lesson? Can I see what you're doing? I'm here to help. It's opening up that Sinoch is becoming more collegial amongst rabbis and and trying to help each other, uh, both with materials, which is what we're focusing on a lot, both with training, and then something which we also have to do is advance people's careers, take them up the ladder a little bit, um, give them more responsibility in the school, and then hopefully one day have more and more trained principals who understand the dynamics of a classroom, how I could train more teachers, and how I could make my school flourish. And then those principals, after a few years, they should be training other principals. Um, my whole okay. approach is I would like next generation not to make the mistakes I made. If I didn't have a curriculum as a principal, I feel an a to help principals today have it. 
And if for some reason I didn't have well-trained rebbies, I feel this is a responsibility. Um, and the more people that get involved, um, I think, I think the better off we'll be because we do need more people to go into Thino. We need more people to be willing to go out of town and help smaller communities. Uh, we need more people just to make it into a career and, uh, uh and, and say proudly, I'm a, I'm a mechanic. This is something I'm devoting my life to. This is my Avodah Sakodesh. And I want to take it to the next level. I want to be trained and I want to really uh, make a difference for Kal Yisrael. Is there, in your view, is there, being that you've been all over the place and you're, and you're in touch with so many schools from smaller communities, is there anything that they're doing, is there anything that they're doing in, in terms of Chinuch that you think large yeshivas and Bisyakovs could emulate and, and learn from? Well, there's a, there's a uh, we have what we call the small community schools. We don't call them small schools, the small community schools that uh, we spend a lot of time networking them. So um, they do a lot of joint programming because the kids need to feel uh, that they're part of Kal Yisrael. So a lot of it right now is done more from a general studies program. But um, I think we could do a lot more from Mudei um, Kodesh, bring people together, share, and again, as I, as I said earlier, have um, experts um, uh, work with larger uh, groups around the country. Uh, in the meeting I had Tuesday with these principals, so we were talking about the summer, so one of them in Alam said, you know, I have a summer program, two, three hours a day, not that long, but I have, sometimes it's the regular Rebbe during the year, but I have experts, he says, I have one Rebbe from Eretz Yisrael who pipes in a shear, and the kids love it. It's like a different approach, like something different. Uh, and he takes somebody else from California. He wants, he wants the kids to have exposure to a larger segment of Kal Yisrael than what they might just be getting um, in their small, in their small community. Uh, the kids should feel good that they're part of something much, much larger. And maybe, maybe this whole, you know, machla uh, 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 that we're going through, you know, maybe we are in a very strange way uh, by practicing uh, social distancing, we're becoming closer socially because we've learned through technology how to become closer to each other. Uh, if I wanted to have a meeting a few years ago, so it was a whole, you know, we got to bring in people, airplanes and have meetings and it, it would be very expensive and very time consuming. I had a Zoom meeting on Tuesday with 10 principals from different parts of this country. Uh, cost almost nothing. And everybody felt that they were part of a mission at the end of the meeting. That's very powerful. Um, just what they do in good business practice we could also do in the world of uh, uh, cleanup. Um, one of the principles was also passionate. I thought I would give a, a, uh, a pitch for this. Particularly during these times, we shouldn't lose sight of the families. Um, and he said, what he took upon himself as an achrayas, uh, it took about two weeks. He called each family 
and made an appointment. He went to visit each house. He stood outside, spoke to the mother, spoke to the father, just how are things going? Is there anything special that we should know? Um, how's the family coping? And it hit him that he didn't realize in the middle of all this, that one family that he went to was sitting shiva. He didn't even know. Wow. So you wow. can imagine, you know, like, like a Rebbe's trying to give over a class in that house. And so we shouldn't lose touch of the families. That, that, that was one Manahel's perspective, and I thought it was excellent. Another Manahel says when this whole thing hit before Pesach, he called an administrative meeting in his school, general studies principal, the Kodesh, some faculty advisors, whatever. And what they said was, you know, they, they had to come up with a system of how to deal with not having school for no one even knows how much longer. He very wisely created a parent committee also. Because he has about 20 parents on the committee. And anything they want to institute in the school goes through the parent committee. He says, they're the ones at the end, the other end, that are going to have to give this over. So why fight them? Let's work oh, together. Uh, excellent the parents idea. really feel stronger. I thought it was unbelievable. Yeah. And, and I've, sp- says, I've spoken to so many principals over the past few weeks, and surprisingly, they've told me that they don't hear from the parents. The parents don't speak to them. Oh, the parents oh, don't tell them oh, anything. Oh, and he's reaching right. out. He's, he's, he's being proactive about it. Proactive. He made a, one, one principal made a committee. Nothing goes home unless the committee knows about it beforehand. It eliminates so many problems later on. Okay? Whatever your level of technology is doesn't make a difference. The parents should know this is our approach of how we want to handle the next few weeks. What do you think? And sometimes the parents would say, wonderful, great, ashrecha. And sometimes they say, you know, we're on overload already. It's too much. Can we try some alternative stuff? Work with them. They are the consumers at the end of the day. All right? If a parent's really not happy, they're going to leave. You might as well work with them. Not necessarily listen to what they say, but they should support what you're trying to do. Otherwise, it's a whole tumult. It's us against them. The other, the other principle felt very strong that during this time, we should be focusing as well on the social and emotional well-being of all the kids and the families. And, of course, of the Rebbe's and the Moras. If the Rebbe is really having a complicated life right now, for whatever reason, then a good Menahel has to understand that I can't have the same expectation. Because I said, can you define this? He says, I'm viewing everybody on my faculty right now as if they are Shana Rishona, a first-year teacher. I can't assume the Rebbe with 20 years experience has the same experience teaching long distance whether it's on a phone or on a computer, I have to treat him and I have to make sure he has the support that he, and the, the timing works for his family and the expectations and the review and what, what my expectation is as if he's a first-year teacher. So it's very, 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 very uh, powerful. At the end of both of the Zoom meetings I had with these principals, there was one observation which I want to share with you as well. Um, the one that we should also be focusing on is the principal himself. How is he dealing with this? Many principals, you know, they go to school in the morning, they're able to greet the kids. You know, there's a certain amount of status. I'm walking around. This is what I do. When the principal's home alone, 
it, it, it could be extremely frustrating. And it could be that he doesn't feel the same Kesha with everybody. And, and um, I didn't sign on for running a school remotely. It's not my thing. But the principals also have a certain uh, social emotional need. And that's what we're trying to address as we go through this as well. Um, I sent out minutes of the first Zoom meeting I had with these 10 principals to all the principals. These are the focuses. This is what's going on. You should know that everybody is going through the same situation. Uh, don't feel alone. Feel you have other people you could lean on. You could, you, people you should talk to. Uh, one principal every Sunday night before he prepares for the next week, he has a phone conference with three other principals just to talk as a chaver. How was Shabbos? How's the family? What's going on? Uh, this is my plan for the week. What do you guys think? And he says he, he feels as much more uh, self-secure of what he's doing. So uh, I recommend uh, you know, principals should get together with other principals, talk, teachers should get together, and we should really work as a call to make sure we're giving over uh, to uh, to um, what they need during this time. And as, as you mentioned earlier, what could we learn from this that we could do better going forward. I'm sure there's a reason why we're having a few months without formal education. We should learn something before we go back to formal education in the future. What could I accomplish better? What wasn't I doing so well? How can I communicate with people? What are the needs that I should be learning for myself so that I can become stronger and bigger? so that I can give over to my faculty and to all the families that uh, trust their kids to me. And I think these, these are very, very, very important questions. Not just to say I'm managing right now, but to say I'm learning something so that I could be better next year. This is part of my growth opportunity. Mm-hmm. And if we could do that, um, you know, hopefully, uh, we'll be better next year. Okay. On behalf of all our listeners, this has been a very, very informative and helpful interview. And, uh, and, and, and thank you for everything that you're doing for, for Chinuch, for children. It's my pleasure. People should be happy. You know, smile. It's all good. It's all good. Otherwise, you wouldn't be doing it. You've been listening to Chinuch 2.0, a show exploring the changes happening to how we do Chinuch. Chinuch 2.0 is hosted and produced by me, Aaron Parnas. Special thanks to David Lichtenstein of Headlines, who inspires this show. You can subscribe to the show on Apple or Google Podcasts and on Spotify. For suggestions, comments, or guest ideas, please send an email to chinuch2.0 at yahoo.com. Thanks for listening.